0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up
1: now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Phenomenal Pipe Bomb Podcast. I can never say it, never. Phenomenal Pipe Bomb Podcast. Let am just start saying the triple P. Today's show is brought to you by Pro Wrestling Blitz. Their next show is November 26th called Ring Wars at the Blitz Arena. Get your tickets at ProWrestlingBlitz.com. Main event is the TNA Superstar and their heavyweight champion versus Grin, who won the hardcore hell fans bring the weapon match. Also in action, WWE Superstar Ari devari versus Egotistico Fantastico. The No Limit Champion Da Cobra will defend against the ice pick, Vic Capri. That's all we have announced yet, but don't forget fans, tickets available. Uh, go see them on November 26th, and our friend of the show here, Aaron Williams, is back. He's also going to be participating on that show.
0: Yes, I will. I have no idea what I'm doing yet, but I will be there with uh, kick pads on.
1: And of course, we're here with our co-host, Chris. Hey, how you guys doing?
2: And yep. uh, I'll do I'll do a little like if Nick Foley says, cheap pop. I'll, I'll say cheap plug. I got to plug my company, The Sleazebox, Box, which is on thesleazebox.com. I make horror films, sleazy exploitation films like Naughty, Dirty, Nasty, American Holocaust, Discord Service, Scumbags, and our latest movie, Chaos AD, is finally available on DVD. It's available, the pre-orders are over, it's been available since last Tuesday, so if you go to the website now, you can pick up that DVD, you can pick up the soundtrack, you can pick up another new release called Before I Die, and you can pick up all those DVDs. Go to thesleazebox.com. Affordable prices. We throw in stickers and sometimes buttons in each package. So so go go check it out if you guys are big horror movie fans, especially Exploitation Horror Underground, independent fans. So check it out.
1: Chaos AD, is, Chaos AD is awesome. I watched it over the weekend. I got a type of review, and if I said I wasn't getting a little sexually aroused watching it with my wife at the time, I'd be lying. <laughs> yeah. mm. i watched the initiation yesterday do you guys remember that one with daphne zuniga
2: yes i think i i kind of briefly remember that um it sounds familiar but i know that it was that um i think a last she was in a movie called last Rights.
1: um thinking it was that around the same time yeah this came out right opposite a nightmare on elm street which is why i think it tanked it's where she's having the reoccurring dreams of the guy burning in her and her sorority or doing the oh, initiation
2: okay. yeah uh-huh i think i do remember
0: yes i do remember that movie it's been a while it's been a while since i've seen it
1: have you seen that one Aaron?
0: i don't think i have seen that one actually but it does sound uh kind of appealing so i may
1: have to uh-huh. look into it daphne zunig is hot i'm sorry she's hot yeah,
2: I mean, she was good in the... She was in The Fly 2 and then uh, Spaceballs, of course,
1: and...
0: Uh,
1: Melrose Place.
0: Yeah, back I've then, never... Back. I've never watched one episode of Mer- <clears throat> Melrose Place.
1: <laughs> I've never <Blasphemy>. watched one.
0: <laughs> I apologize sincerely. That, I'm, not a, I'm not a blasphemer, I
1: promise. That, that's some booking on that show, let me tell you. Vince Russo couldn't <laughs> have booked that shit. <laughs>
0: You had Heather locklair
2: you had Tracy Lord was on it briefly, I think, yep. right?
1: Yeah, she's like a cult leader. I've seen a they
2: couple had... of, I'll, 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 you know, back in the 90s, you know, I've seen, I seen a few episodes. I remember there was a Seinfeld, I was a big Seinfeld fan back in the day, it was a Seinfeld episode where Jerry watched it, but he didn't admit he watched it. And they brought in some lie detector. He was dating a cop, and... They brought a lie detector and asked him questions about the show, and he like finally gave. And
0: he watched it. <laughs> wow, I, I'm pretty far behind on most of my '90s show, but next next uh, Netflix has helped me uh, catch up on a lot of that stuff. Like I, unfortunately, I just uh, I just discovered Friends not that long ago, and uh, my wife loves it, so I, I tend to be watching it quite a bit lately. Uh, yeah, so. I'm pretty far behind on that stuff.
1: I won't lie; for the first time in my life, like about a week, week and a half ago, I watched my first ever episode of Miami Vice.
0: Wow! Uh, wow! Well, I that was a,
1: was. I was a kid when it came out, so I had no yeah, interest yeah. in that. So
2: I, I was—I mean, I'm probably—I don't know—my I'm three years old, so I'm fine up on my oldest.
1: Well, yeah. I'll, you're little, you got me beat by a little. I'll be 42 in uh, in a few a uh, few months.
2: Yeah, I watched watch it when it aired i mean i was 11 i think when it aired i mean 11 or like 12 around that time and when it when it debuted i remember i got it and i remember i had a mindy vice t-shirt when i was like 12 years old
1: so i got i got
2: into it at a young age and you know i thought it was a cool show
1: yeah i dug it i thought it was really good um You know, I always saw the commercials on El Rey and everything, and then Mill Creek sent me the Blu-ray set to review, and and I sat down, and I ended up watching like four or five of them, and I really dug it.
2: Yeah. I think I watched... I think I fell off after... It had five seasons, probably after the third season, and then after that, I stopped watching it. And then, then it got, you know, old kind of...
1: My first cop show was 21 Jump Street. That
0: was Yeah, I recall, I recall that one a little
1: bit, yeah. we're not here to talk about TV. We are yeah. here to talk about the most probably infamous thing in wrestling history and that is the Montreal Screwjob. Yes. So you're going to get the uh-huh. opinion of a wrestler and two uh, armchair bookers here.
2: <laughs>
1: uh, you know, on uh, which yeah. one he wants to kind of explain the Montreal Screwjob. Um, I'll, I'll take a
2: stab at it. I mean, I mean, pretty much it happened at Survivor Series 1997. took place in Montreal. Um, it was Bret Hart's final match at, in WWF at the time. He was the world heavyweight champion. He was going to WCW and he's facing Shawn Michaels, who was the European champion with DA, you know, This was, DX was very new. Um, and he's facing him, and pretty much. You know, I guess behind the scenes of it, Brett didn't want to lose to Sean. You know, a lot, You know, he didn't want to lose. He was like, he, I didn't want to lose in Canada, but I think it was mainly he didn't want to lose to Sean because there was some backstage stuff where Sean was going to, like I think they were going to have them wrestle at WrestleMania 14 way before they thought, before Stone Cold blew up. And they were going to have Sean win the belt at Survivor Series. Brett was going to beat him at WrestleMania 14. But Sean didn't want even, I think Sean didn't want to lose to Brett. He's like, I'm not losing to Brett. And then Brett's like, oh, he's not losing to me. I'm not losing to him. And then he's not going to do it. And he told Vince, hey, I'm leaving, you, know, you know, the whole contract where Brett was too much money. And they, he released him from his contract. Bischoff really wanted him. He went with, went with the WCW. But Brett said, I don't want to lose. Let's do this instead. The next night on Raw, I'll thank the fans and hand over the title. And Vince was going to... Like, alright, fine. And then the whole infamous Shawn Michaels, Vince, Triple H are in the back before Survivor Series or days before Survivor, whenever it happened and Triple H said, fuck that, no, he's not going to just give away the title. No, no, we're not going to do that. Whatever, and then got in Vince's ear. Shawn got in Vince's ear, whatever. And, and then they decided to... All right, we'll tell Brett this is where we're gonna, you know, we're gonna do that that way. But we're really not. We're gonna, you know, call for the bell. If Sean's, I'm, Sean's gonna do the sharpshooter. Brett's move on him, on Brett, and then originally, I guess what Brett thought there was gonna be interference come in. There was gonna be a DQ, um, but they called for the, you know, they called Earl Hebner called for the bell, said that Brett tapped. He really didn't. Brett's Sean just hauls ass Triple H and China or I guess I don't know if China was there, but um they yeah, leave I the think ring. She,
1: I think she was walking back with them.
2: Yeah. And then Brett spits on Vince and then throws a bunch of monitors and everyone I think Owen and Bulldog got in the ring too, and like a soul Brett or whatever, and, and later backstage, Brett punches Vince. <laughs> so and and then then Brett goes to WCW, and then McMahon has the whole big interview with Jim Ross where he says Brett screwed Brett, and then all of the Mr. McMahon character kind of is born uh, from that. So I mean that's I guess that's the best way to describe the thing, but um, the incident. But now our question, well, Corey, go into you wait. The, the,
1: our topic is mainly about like what did it is this you know, what, is this a shoot for real or is it a work mm-hmm. everybody has opinions i, I want to get aaron's opinion because he is actually a wrestler so he knows a lot more about the inner workings of the business and i think you uh, and i have I, talked a few times i think you and i share the same opinion
0: <laughs> i mean i i mean just by uh Everything I know about you know the inner workings of things and this that and whatever, I have to say I believe it's a work. I don't think that I don't think it's uh, everybody was involved in said work, but I think that I think Brett knew what was going down. I don't think it was a, a scenario of uh, you know they're just gonna screw him real bad or anything like that. I think there are way too many variables. For it to be a scenario uh, like they want you to believe it is, like uh, um, one one for instance, main, probably the main for instance, I think uh, uh, we talked about the last time I was on was uh, the uh, the documentary. Like, there's no way Vince McMahon being Vince McMahon and being everything that he is, being as uh, uh, tight knit about things as he is, is going to just let this documentation. Of All this stuff happened for everybody to see, unless in some way he's going to get something from it or uh, things are going to be, you know, uh, uh, good for him. And I think overall, I think we can all agree that after this was said and done, it was a good thing for the WWE because it, it created uh, the, the man character who then went on to feud with Austin, who made them a ton of money and this, that. And whatever And I mean some people even make it go even further And say that it was actually To WCW To uh, kibosh anything that They could do And theoretically you could possibly argue that Because they never really did anything with Brett. Some would say it was because of uh, uh, Creative differences and Some could say that it's just because WCW didn't know what to do with him. Either way it kind of did Help that little bit of uh, Of Downfall the WCW had, so I personally think that it's uh, that it was definitely a work to some extent, um, and not as much of a shoot as they would like you to believe.
1: Now, Chris, you believe it is a shoot, correct?
2: Um, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I you know I'm not you know I'm not so positive. I mean, I mean for a long time, yes, I thought you know. we were talking about it on the last show. And, you know, like, I, th- I remember when it happened, like, when it, I think, because I didn't see it live. I was in college. I didn't get the, okay, I didn't have money for the pay per view, so I used to kind of just watch Raw. And it wasn't until, you know, eventually I saw it and saw the documentary and heard about everything. And, and I, you know, I was thinking, wow, that just something, you know, that just, just really, you know happened and they really screwed brett and they planned this out and it really you know brett hates vince and sean and wwe because it went on for a long you know long time you know brett didn't you know did be on wwe television for years i mean it wasn't until 2000 or late 2005 and uh he, you know, right before he went into the Hall of Fame, and that was like close to eight, almost eight years, um, and then eventually, kind of burying a hatchet with everybody, with Sean, and, and um, by 2010. Um, so it would seem like, you know, while you know, within wrestling, uh, this, you know, this, this really, you know, this is something that was real, and it wasn't, it wasn't a work or just like. You know, you look at the situation. You know, it was something that Vince decided this was best for business. You know, because you look at—I mean, I look at—you're not going to have your your top one of your top guys say, "I'm going to leave the company and hand away hand out the, just give away the title." That's like saying this title doesn't matter to me. I'm going to another company that matters. So, as a ball if I were Vince, I wouldn't let Brett do that. But you know, I don't know. You know, and I was thinking, okay, he just. Then he decided, okay, I'm gonna you know do this, go it this way, and not tell Brett and screw him. But um, kind of now, I, because but, but since you know since the last show, I you know was kind of you know doing you know a little research myself and kind of you know looking online, and a lot of wrestlers believe it's a work, especially Kevin Nash. He was talking about it, um, and now kind of like thinking, uh, okay, is it you know it, is it is it a work? it's one of those works where, you know, cuz nowadays it's kind of like they they let you behind the curtain more. Like ever since I think after the Attitude Era or after the Attitude Era, like a lot of stuff they, you know, it's very open, they talk about, you know, on different shows and documentaries. Like I, you know, they say things like, you know, I was supposed to, you know, win this match and they're going to make me win and you know, this and this and all that. So, and especially when you listen to other wrestlers' podcasts, they're very, can't, you, know, they, they t- you know, they talk about how it is backstage. So, you would think that all this time, wouldn't they admit this, okay, I got, we got, you know, like Sean and Brett and Vince could say, we got you guys. Or, you know, like it was all, you know, hey, it's a work, you know. It's like, why wouldn't they, you know, it's almost 20 years later. Or this or is this something so sacred that yes, it's a work and they don't even want to say it's a work because then it just you know then people feel like if it was a work like oh, it was just all it was all you know scripted and well man, I don't know if they just want to keep it because like back in the day, I mean I'm talking way back in the day in the 50s, 60s and, and even the 70s where and even 80s, where it was like, you know, no one broke kayfabe, and, you know, they kept everything, like, you know, heels couldn't travel with baby faces, and, you know, they wanted to keep it very, like, you know, this is this is real and stuff, but I don't know if they want to, sit that's so sacred, and, and I can see Brett kind of not, because Brett's an old school guy where he wants to, you know, not give away all the secrets, kind of like a magician, you don't want to give away the, the, the secret so so I, I, you know, I think
1: brett's fucking nuts you ever read his book
2: yeah no i didn't read his book but i know how he goes off the handle all the time and you know, it people and you know um but you know i i don't know i'm kind of leaning more towards the work now even though for a while i was just thinking wow maybe that did that really you know happen. but you know um I can see why it could be, you know, a work the ultimate, like it be like the ultimate work because still today, you know, you know, with everything that has happened and how they talk about, you know, things candidly about, you know, like, you know, even like the Undertaker streak. Oh yeah. you know, we had Brock want to, you know, we wanted Brock to be the guy to beat him. So we had him beat him, you know? So it's like, you, you I don't know, you know, do you think they would ever like admit finally at one of the, one of these days down years down the line and say, yeah, it was work.
1: Maybe one, of, they, maybe one of them's dying or on would be like a deathbed confession. I think.
0: Yeah. That's, that's kind of, that's kind of how I think too, because I think, I think deep down, uh, even, you know, wrestling fans, there's, there's an aspect of us all that wants to believe that there is some reality to this fiction mm-hmm. that, is professional wrestling. And I think the the screw job is one of those things where it's like it's so real to us and they've been able to keep it real for so long that it's almost like it's like this this cherished diamond that nobody wants anybody else to touch or nobody wants anything else to, to, to tarnish it. So I think if it did come out that it was a work, you wouldn't know about it till, you know, a couple of the parties were dead. And it was like way down the line. It was like, oh, OK, you know, after all this time, I think we can let you know that it, it was a work. Because then if p- multiple parties were deceased or, you know, if they were gone, then then you would still have those people that would be like, no, no, no. He's just saying that because like, it is it is like a small glimmer of, of reality in a business that now is pretty open door. So yeah. I don't think it's it's something that they're gonna they're gonna let go if it is any <clears throat> work uh, anytime in the near future.
1: It's my my theory has always been because I've always said it was a work from one the camera crew was always my dead giveaway. Why would you conven- it was too convenient. Number two, mm-hmm. if you remember, like maybe a month or so prior, when Sean and Brett got in that little like uh, little fight in the locker room. If you remember, they had a camera on that when Sean was leaving. They they never exposed that kind of stuff if guys had problems in real life. Yeah. Two, let's say yeah. Phenomenal let's say phenomenal Pipe Bombs was a, a promotion, and, and Aaron, you were our champion, and you're going out to defend your belt on our pay-per-view, and we don't have a finish. We can't agree on one. I wouldn't let you go out. I wouldn't do the match. Yeah. And two... If you're going to go out there and spit on me and start making WCW and smashing my monitors, and all that, I'd have the feet killed. I wouldn't be having good no. old JR talk over it.
0: No, not at all. And I don't I don't see Vince as the type of guy that would be like, oh, okay, well, let's just let this go, and let's just let this continue. I see him as, uh, there's no way I'm going to let anybody promote anything else other than my product on my product. That's what I that's what I envisioned Vince McMahon to be like. So I don't see them letting it go. And and even the the punch in the face. I mean, if, you, if we talk about the documentary, they were there for everything, almost almost everything, yeah. except for the punch in the face. And then
1: all. But we he got was remember that, he was wired, wasn't he? Didn't wasn't he wearing a wire? And they filmed Vince staggering out of the. Out of yeah, the, they did. They filmed Vince
0: staggering out of that. And if you look back at that. And then you watch some of the matches Vince has had. It's a very similar yes. shirt, stagger. So it, one could say he was just selling it. You know, like, he's just like, I know these guys are going to be out here. They're going to be filming it. I got to make it look good. So there's a there's a lot that that supports the the work theology. But then again, also there's a lot that works that supports the shoot theology as well. So it's it's hard to say. But I, I mean, I know my. Opinion.
1: I don't think Hart was sent there to to torpedo the company or anything. I think he just went to a company that was so poorly booked and had so much inside problems that he never got a fair chance.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would agree with that more than I would agree with the uh, you know he was sent there to sabotage it or anything like that. But
1: I think but he was I mean, going to go because... there. Oh, sorry, go ahead.
0: Oh no no no! Just, just I was just saying, just because, like I said, like you said, he didn't really have the opportunity to sabotage anything. They didn't really use him, and then when they did, they used him in terrible spots. So it's it's not like a uh, oh you're gonna go over there and you're gonna be the top guy, and then you're gonna make him look stupid because he was never really the top guy. And then they finally did pull the trigger on that, he got hurt like two months later. So.
1: I think he was going to go there, do his, like, whatever, three-year contract or what it was. Then he was just going to come back there to McMahon for revenge. But I think Owen's death, you know, obviously that played a big factor. And then, of course, Goldberg kicking him right in the head, ending his career. Mm -hmm. But I really thought that he would have eventually just gone back there. But then he ended up having the real bad blood over Owen, but... Yeah, if yeah. Owen never would have died, I, I would have seen him back there in like three years, like I'm coming back for revenge or something like that. Yeah, yeah.
0: and, and yeah. I think
1: go ahead, like, uh, I, I think I think probably with uh,
2: like you know, I mean, WCW was was kicking their ass in the ratings, and Vince really I think couldn't you know afford people. I think he was lo- he was losing a lot of money. And, you know, and this, this comes, this is before, you know, right in 97, this was like the birth, you know, that was right before the birth of the Attitude Era, because to me, the Attitude Era kind of started, um, right after Survivor Series, or, you know, right around that time, uh, like DX started, and Austin started the peak, and I think they, you know, they, they had a bad 90s, you know, because, mid 90s, uh, after the Hogan era, and, uh, and I think really Vince, off, you know, originally Wofford bred a lot of money for little, for like twenty
1: years or something. Like he had a contract for twenty years. Yeah, it was like some ridiculously long. Like you'll wrestle, then you'll be an ambassador, then you'll be an agent. Yeah,
2: and, then. Yeah, and it was something he didn't really didn't want him to, because after after Hall and Nash left and all the other couple, you know, X Pac and stuff you know and db you know all all you know all, all these guys he Vince was afraid he didn't want his cuz Brett's contract was up in 96 after WrestleMania um 12 and after the Underman match and he gave him a big contract and then a year later his you know he was running out of money and he probably figured look look you know I can't afford you anymore but I, he knew that Bischoff wanted him and he knew so it was almost like I'm letting you go, but there's a. Pl- I know there's a place you can go where you're going to get a lot of money.
1: And and does Vince talk- really strike you as that kind of guy? Look, I know you. I want you to go work for the competitor. He doesn't strike me as he strikes me as somebody who would bury you into obscurity before that happened.
2: Yeah, I mean that's. I mean, unless they did have some type of like you know maybe you can sabotage the I company. I, I don't think a one wrestler could do that. I mean. You know how can one? You know because you, you're not the boss when you go to that WCW. You're 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 gonna do whatever they they tell you what to do. I mean, the only way you can sabotage it if you walk out. They you know you go out for a match and you just sit there. <laughs> you know and like yeah
1: you, yeah
2: you know, like And then then they'll just fire you and you know you you whatever. But I yeah I don't know I don't I don't know if you know you know maybe I think. Of course, I don't think Vince would want any of his wrestlers to go work for the competitor, you know. So I don't know what, you know, the real decision was of why, you know, maybe Vince was going to give him a pay cut, or is there, or, or you know, take off years of the contract, and Brett wasn't happy with that and decided, well, I'm going to work for, you know, WCW or whatever, and uh, I don't know. It's, there's a lot of, yeah, factors, and then the whole factoring, okay, you know, with the whole, like, if Brett was, you know, yeah, in on it, the whole screw job, you know, was something like they're saying, hey, before you leave, let's do some controversy to get us on the back on the map, and if you do this, um, this may, you know, help you over there in case, like, when you just work for there for two years and then come back, and then, yeah, well, yeah, different, different we'll already have an
0: angle already set up, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Which um, I mean,
0: seems it seems pretty logical to me if they were to uh, to do something like that because, uh, like you said before, it happened. Uh, they were just turning into the to the attitude era yeah. uh, to some extent, and they just started doing that random thing where they were filming guys on the way to. Uh, on the way to the main event, like walking through the halls and everything like that. And why would you do that unless you eventually had a plan to utilize it? Then they utilized it with Michaels and they started that whole thing. And uh, since, you know, Brett was big about saying stuff about, you know, verbal agreements during that period of time, who's to say that there wasn't some kind of verbal agreement? Like, yeah, I can't pay you what I promised or this, that, or whatever, whatever contract stipulation they were going through at the time and he said, Hey, I know that, you know, you're there interested in you. Why don't you go over there for a couple of years and then we'll do something big to get people talking and then you can come back and then we'll make it big again. And uh, and then of course the the Owen thing happened and that probably put a big kibosh on all of that. Yeah. Because let's look at
1: logically, let's say I sign Chris, let's say I sign you to a a big deal for ten million dollars. And I come up to you tomorrow and go, you know, man, I just don't think this is going to work. I'm going to go ahead and, and uh, tear up that contract. Wouldn't you sue me and tie me up in litigation to get your money?
0: That Yeah, I mean definitely. Yeah, I mean, exactly.
1: It's, it- I mean, he, he breached the contract.
0: Yeah,
2: and, they, and, and there was a legitimate contract unless it was never in writing and it was just like a gentleman's agreement type of thing. And, you know, since Brett worked with Vince so long, he probably figured, well, I can trust him. And and then he, because really, if he, yeah, because if he did sign a contract with him for 20 years for millions of dollars, and then a year later, after you sign that contract, Vince says, I can't afford you, so I have to let you go. You know, and like, then it's like, unless there was some type of clause in that contract that stated if said, promoter can't afford it then he has the option to terminate or something who knows or maybe there was like a year stipulation like you know within a year they like there's some like like leg room where they could like well within 12 months you could this each party could decide to go either way and maybe there was a a window who knows i mean that's all you know something that we're probably never Really, know.
0: Um, yeah, and but like, the internet wasn't th- what it was then. Yeah, and I.
1: Well, how about I on, know- the, <laughs> on the documentary? On the documentary, when when Brett's sitting there with that hideous chud of a wife of his, and yes, they're like I, they're conveniently at Bret Hart's house on like a Sunday night when the WCW fax comes over and all that. I know. I, yeah. It's come all... on. I'm signing away my life from Vince. He's yeah. like the dad. I. Like my second father and Bret Hart is fucking nuts I mean the guy never smartened his kids up to it or anything so I don't see him ever being the one to say it was a work but
2: no no I think Bret, Bret and, Bret's Brett and Brett's a guy that you know I mean look his family the heart they're the hearts and he grew up with the old school style of wrestling with, with his dad and his dad probably you know this is like this is our secret society life. That you don't let any outsiders know about, you know, and and he's pro he's an old school guy. I mean, he didn't want to be a heel when they told him you got to turn heel, and he's like, well, no, you know, and so he so I think I think Brat would never give it up because he he's the type to like if that's his little secret that you know him and Vince and Triple H and Sean and a few other people know about like Pat Patterson or whoever, and, uh, you know, Bersko, and, you know, I think they, yeah, he wouldn't, you know, be like, all right. Because obviously there's a lot more people than just Vince and Sean and Brett that were involved that would know it was work, you know, would be, you know, Earl Hefner, you know, of course all the agents. So this is a lot of people keeping that secret tight. So that's pretty, that's a lot of loyalty like you know because now there hasn't really I don't think there's been a story of someone's breaking their silence kind of it's all this speculation like you know people saying that eh, I was a worker you know so I mean it's what it's, 20, 20 years old now almost it'll be 19 years old uh it's 19 yeah almost 19 years old Because it 19 years ago um it was 97 so it's oh, 16 16 right now so it'll be 20 years next year. So, and it's something that people still talk about. I mean, we're talking about it right now. I mean, it's it's if you think about it, you know, if you look at wrestling, other things, you know, back in the you know, when wrestling's on top in the 90s, you know, we think about something 20 years ago from that point, which would be the 70s or something. You know, no one remembers that. No one even cares at that point. Mm. But now it's something you know,
1: we still talk about it. So, and before that happened, catch me if I'm wrong, but wasn't Vince McMahon? I mean, like, smart people all knew he was the owner, but wasn't he still just the the horrible announcer in the loud yeah. colored suits? Like yeah. he was never on. They never said on camera he was the owner or anything.
2: Oh, no. yeah. It was it was weird. It was a kind of a weird transition because I remember, you know, Vince was still the commentator. It was Vince Lawler and Jr. And I remember kind of during that year of 97 that's probably one of the best to me in that era that was one of the best years of wrestling with all together with everything but you had during that year a lot of people were like almost bullying Vince at the kind of like there was a lot of people like there was a lot of things that people would get in Vince's face and he would just be like what do you want from me kind of thing and I remember that's when Brat. They turned him heel, and every he shoved Vince. That's right. He
1: like started cussing. He shoved him down. Was he was getting screwed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then
2: they had they had him um, like Brett. It was right before SummerSlam of uh, that year, and Brett got in Vince's face, and there were Vince. And you remember he every he like Vince stood up, and Vince and Brett like slapped him, and like knocked his headset off, and then they started fighting, and then. Vince was, like, grabbing Brett's shirt and pulling it over his head, kind of going at it. So they were, like, there was physical, you know, no one ever got physical with Vince. as No one, you know, if any of the commentators. And then Austin stunnered Vince, the famous stunner, and that was kind of, like, I think that was the first time when Austin stunnered Vince, and this was before the Montreal Screwjob, it was like a couple like
1: a month or two. Yeah, before. it was at the at the Madison Square Garden Raw I Yeah,
2: Madison Square Garden, mm-hmm. and that's when Austin broke you know, got his neck broke in SummerSlam by Owen. And then there was the whole thing Austin wanted to fight and then they were trying to protect him and Vince was cool and trying to cool like it was something he was going nuts and Vince got all of a sudden like Vince got off commentary and went in the ring. And it was just was like calm down. you know, it was almost like Vince's breaking character, like, hey, I'm, he's talking to him like I'm the boss. And then he stunned him, and then the following week they were, like, kind of saying, I think that's, Vince stopped kind of doing commentating after that, maybe. Now, I think he was still doing commentating, but they kind of almost said, like, what's going to happen to Austin? He, like, hit the boss, you know, laid his hands on the boss. So they kind of finally said that he was, like, Vince was the, the, the boss. And then slowly then, like... He stopped doing the commentating, and then they recognize him as the chairman. So,
1: what what I think is funny now is if you read like, and now, you know, Triple H takes credit for it, and Vince Russo has taken credit for it. Jim Cornette, But Kenny Bolin, even takes credit for it. He's like, I told Jim Cornette to do this. And you have like yeah. nine people that take credit for this, and, and I, I, okay, Aaron, let's say let's say you're Brett and I'm Sean. We hate each other. I put you okay. in that sharpshooter. They ring the bell. You've been screwed. What's the first thing you're gonna do? Um, most
0: likely, if if this was legitimate, legitimate, I'd probably kick. I'd kick the crap out of Sean. There <laughs> you go. Like the, the first thing I do.
1: I mean, I don't
0: think I'd be. I don't think I'd be like, what just happened? I think I'd immediately know what just happened. And then yeah,
1: like, I wouldn't have <laughs> some like, right, that's look it. on my face <laughs> Yep. Okay, it's all because I think Brett would have whipped Sean's ass.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I I think so. I think Brett would have would have would have taken him to school per se. Uh, but yeah, like, but in, in a way, I mean, you were talking about '97 uh, in general, and if you really really think about it, it's almost like everything led up to that point because like mm-hmm. once that point happened, it's like a whole new leaf turned. It's like everything was kind of moving. At a you know slow pace to get you to that one point because you know you were kind of starting to not like McMahon you were kind of getting there but you weren't all the way there yet you it was kind of in the middle then the stunner happened then he starts taking himself off TV and everything like that it's just it's like this nonstop build and then boom this happens and then they're like oh okay now let's 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 go. And I know we all, you know, see Sean and, and Hunter and everything like that as DX and just incredibly, uh, you know, juvenile and everything like that. But if it was a real legitimate thing, do you really think that they would have kept poking at it so much? I mean, if it was a legitimate thing that, you know... Um, you know, then they could go after you know if Bray really wanted to, he could go after defamation of character because they were you know defaming him on national TV if he really wanted to.
1: Yeah, hey, they brought out the midget right case. the next night, mm-hmm. the
0: very next night. So it's like, yeah, like uh, it's it almost kind of tells its own story in a way, and it kind of reveals itself in its own way. It's just like very quite possibly the best work of
1: all time. And then, right in January, you figure that's when McMahon. I'm gonna. I'm the owner. I'm bringing out Mike Tyson. Stone Cold comes down. If you remember, McMahon's like, "You're ruining it. You're ruining everything. I don't want you to be the champion." And I'm. Mean, yeah, it was like there was. It was like almost like that was the blow off. That was the half of the book, and then now you start the next chapter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And 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 i McMahon is probably, I will say top five best heels of all time, in my opinion.
0: Oh, easily.
1: He might be number one.
0: Yeah.
1: Although Shane Douglas in ECW was one hell of a heel. Roddy was. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Roddy was a great heel.
1: I mean, and the flair. The flair had his
0: his, his great moments.
2: But, um, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of, you know, with the, the whole, like, yeah, like, if if like like if like you said if it's a, you know it's a whole work that's some like a, the biggest secret ever kept like you know and and like will ever will anyone ever like come clean and be like because there's like so like there's so many people involved with that. Um, but another maybe another one,
1: if you think, because Brett was friends with Pillman, and Pillman mm-hmm. actually did the real bit there where he t- tricked um, Bischoff into signing him out of that contract so he could skip. How uh, do you know? Pillman, you know, when he came there, which was, you know, months back, hey, you know, if, if you let him out of the contract, he could have had a part in that storyline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he was able to work his for real, which is, that's probably the cleverest thing I've ever heard in my life. And
0: yeah, Pillman was awesome, too. But, unfortunately, uh, and, you know, his uh, his thing.
2: And Pillman died right right before that Survivor Series.
0: Yeah, he did.
2: It was it happened like it was October. It was October of that 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 year. So it was like right after the Hell in the Cell, the first Hell in a Cell match. Because I remember they had it was the Raw right after that, after that in half, in your house bad blood. The next day, the next night, you had all the like the wrestlers like you know you know on the ramp and. And they're ringing the bell when you're like, they said Brian, because I think he had a match or something I mean, that, that, in that pay per view or something, but, but yeah.
1: Wasn't he in that feud with, like, if he won, he got Terry Runnels and he was going to do the yeah, Brian yeah. Triple X tapes or something like that? or
2: Yeah, there was him and Goldust were feuding, and Goldust, yeah, he got, like, yeah, he got Terry, and that's when he was dressing Terry up like a slut, and, um, and then like yeah because and then finally like and then i think they were the match they were supposed to have it was like something where he was going to get her try to get her back or something but then obviously he died and then they that 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 feud ended that angle ended
1: so now here we, we did the the show where we talked about our, our favorite angles and you know we're talking about this now like it is an angle what are some of your favorite wrestling angles
0: Oh wow! Uh,
1: that you weren't uh, well, involved in—that is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm
0: trying to think. Let's see, What was some of my uh, my uh, my favorite angles? Uh, I really enjoyed the. I mean, I know we were talking about Brett and Sean and everything like that, but I really enjoyed their like the the Iron Man angle they did. That was that was a lot of fun for me. It was kind of you know uh, one of the things that made me like that whole ordeal was kind of one of the things that really made me want to be uh, want to pursue this career. Um, I'm trying to think, uh, some some other ones that I really enjoyed. Um, uh, let's see, I really enjoyed the uh, Edge and Christian Hardy's angle. I thought that was a lot of fun to watch.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, let's see, uh, Flare Steamboat angle. I, I, I loved uh, that, the one where uh, uh, Steamboat beat him. Uh, I really liked the Funk Flare angle as yeah, well. Yeah, I dug that um, a lot yeah that was a, that was a lot of fun i mean th- those are a few that that, that stick out of my mind um but yeah i mean pro wrestling as a whole i kind of enjoy it all like even if it's terrible i, I kind of like uh yeah you know it's it, there's a there's a beauty in the awful as well i guess
1: yeah like i thought that hell in the cell women's match was like i thought they fucked up moves left and right but god it was a great match
0: yeah, yeah, yeah oh. they, they had the emotion. Yeah,
1: And that crowd. Why is why did they keep jobbing Sasha? Any clue? Because that crowd was hot for her. I know. Like I, I mean, I thought it was a great match, but I was
2: like, because I'm i a, I'm a huge Sasha fan, and I was just like, yeah, why did they not let her retain that title? And I don't know if it's because you know they're they're big on these records that they do like. Like the new day has been to, you know, almost beating demolition, and, and the street, you know, go back to the street, Undertaker streak, but they're they're big on. Well, they kept on saying, well, Charlotte's thirteen and zero in pay per view victories and championship, you know, whatever, and they keep yeah. on like you don't want to take that, and but they're like who cares? These are records, you know, that they create and, and stuff, but yeah,
0: yeah, you know, I mean, and it, it does seem like. I'm sorry, go ahead.
2: But no, it, I was just gonna say, you know, yeah, I was like, why, you know, like they and it, the the match kind of ended not abrupt, a little abruptly. It felt like like there could have been more. Like I don't know, it just it just felt like I liked the match, but I thought, you know, they I think they were rushed for time because they're running. I mean, the match didn't really get started until I think it was ten fifty or something. It seemed like, um, yeah, but. Yeah, and I wish I wish Sasha won the match. Um, But yeah, there were a lot of mess ups. I think the the big one was the table on the outside. Yeah. Yeah. I think Charlotte. I think what was supposed to happen was because Charlotte set up the table, and she went to the turnbuckle, and she was gonna, and then Sasha got the upper hand and pushed her, and I think she was just supposed to fall on the table because wait. She fell. It wasn't like a big impact. Like the table was gonna yeah. break. She was supposed to lay there, but then the leg gave. So I think this yep. Charlotte didn't set it up right, where to keep that lock in there. But I think Sasha was gonna like leapfrog on her on the table. Yeah, um, something
0: like that. That's what that's what I envisioned as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually, I mean, I was glad they didn't do it, but there was a moment there where you know the table was like kind of halfway broken, and she was laying there that Sasha yeah. looked like she was about to jump anyway. And she be like, screw it, we're doing it. And then uh, yeah. finally, you know, they changed their mind. And I also think that, uh, like like you said, the, the, the ending was uh, was abrupt. It was very anticlimactic. In, yeah, in, in, it was,
1: well.
0: yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, part of me wonders if, uh, you know, she was supposed to go through the table uh, the first time, and then she didn't. So she tried to put her through it again, and then she still didn't go in through it. So they were just like, all right, just forget it. Instead of, you know, having a voucher mania at the table won't break spot. (laughs) Like, so, um, yeah, but there were, there were, it was a good match. It was solid. And I think it was, it was, it was awesome that, uh, you know, they let the girls be the main event for the show Mm -hmm. and everything. I was really, really uh, into that. But there were a lot of cosmetic issues with it. There were, you know, things technically that, I mean, I didn't love about it. um, But yeah uh it was it was still good it was still solid and they should be proud of themselves uh but i kind of think that the reason that um like they they have been paying a lot more attention to these records these pointless almost pointless i shouldn't say pointless Mm -hmm. but almost pointless records a lot lately like they've been they've been doing that a lot they like mention stuff all the time when You know, we were talking about the attitude area earlier. They never mentioned anything like that at all. Like, like, hit them. In a month's period of time, you'd have four different international champions,
1: like legitimately
0: at one point in time, and nobody ever said anything about it. it
1: well, crazy. if you remember, like the Goldberg streak in WCW, he'd be on Raw or he'd be on Nitro, and he'd be like eighty or like we'll say forty-six and zero. Then he'd come on Thunder two days later. He's fifty-six and zero. It's like, what did he beat yeah. up like ten guys on the way over here in the parking? I know. Yes, he yeah. did. He
0: did. <laughs> he, j- he just went. He just went to his local subway and he jackhammered like ten guys. That was it. He was like yeah. And-
1: and remember, they brought Sid in, and Sid was getting like twenty wins a night. Like somehow his streak kept extending. To I remember, <laughs>
0: yeah, when he was the Millennium Man. Yes, like, yes, that was awesome.
1: I mean, like opening the show, I am already sixty-two and zero, and you'd see him like an hour later, seventy-nine and zero. Yeah. <laughs> Bad to
0: see this Oh, man, Sid, Sid is a guilty pleasure for me. I love me some Sid.
1: Sid was great. Sid was yeah, Dude, just was so awesome. I,
2: I, I'm a Sid fan. I like I like Sid. Especially I like the 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 Psycho Sid, and uh, even before, even like Sid Justice. Um, yeah. <laughs>
1: I yeah. like in, I like WCW and they had Sid with Nash and Sid did that interview and he was like, "You Kevin Nash, you are only half the man I am and twice <laughs> as smart." Just fuck, just fuck. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Sid. Yeah, and he'd be
0: like, "What?"
1: <laughs> and,
0: then, and then the the infamous. Oh, oh, oh! I messed up. Can we start over? We're live, buddy. We're live. Oh. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Muscle through.
1: I remember when oh, they- Bobby, when they interviewed Bobby Heenan, he's, and they they asked me, "Was anybody ever been mad?" And he's like. The things you said He's like Sid was I once said he's not the sharpest spoon in the drawer To make myself look stupid And he came up to me after the show and Mr. Heenan I'm not a dumb man Please don't insult my intelligence
0: Uh (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Sid
1: (laughs) Sid was He was um, He was something else I, I still sometimes see that leg injury In my mind though
0: Oh yeah! That was... Oh, buddy! Yeah, man! I saw that live actually. Like, oh, I, like towards the towards the end of WCW, for some reason, I guess because I was just so infatuated with the the cruiserweights and stuff like that, I really wanted to set WCW to succeed. But, you know, like towards the end there, everybody kind of knew it was like, oh, you know, they're they're dying. Just just let them go. So when they like started renaming pay-per-views like what was it? Uh, Sin Sin. and greed (laughs) and, and whatever. First. For some reason, it probably had a very low buy rate, but I was one of the one of the few that bought those pay per views, and it was uh, it might have been greed that that happened on. I can't remember which one it was.
1: It was Greener, but C- I remember C- Sid, just... one of the two, or C- yep. sent
0: <laughs> And uh, the angle that they were doing was this uh, this mask dude kept coming out and, and doing stuff, and I think he was like supposed to be against Steiner. Was like the angle. And he kept just, like, showing up at shows and, like, kind of pointing and he always had this mask on and everything like that, so, you know, the match is happening, and that's what they're, like, putting over the whole time, like, who is this guy? Who is this mask dude? Blah, 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 blah. And then the, the spot happens, <laughs> the big boot off the second row, and then, snap, it goes down, everything like that. The mask dude comes out, so it's like he's sitting there, writhing in pain, and this is his leg dangling, uh, and oh. and WCW is just like no 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 keep going with the angle, <laughs> just just, uh, just keep you, going. With it.
1: We'll <laughs> pull in. back when there's blood on the camera, but we'll replay in yeah. slow motion thirty times your foot fall off.
0: Oh my gosh! And I it seemed like forever that he was laying there, but eventually they send this dude out, and he gets out there and sits just looking at him like don't touch me, waving his hand like frantically <laughs> like don't touch me. Screw the angle. It doesn't matter, just don't touch me. And then eventually the guy just like looks at looks at Sid and then looks at Scott Steiner and he's like Ugh He just kinda gives Steiner like gives yeah, like the, going? the softest
1: confused. boot
0: ever. And then Steiner covers him and then that's it. And then it turns out it's Rick Steiner or whatever. But like, gosh, Yeah, that made it, no man. sense there.
1: Yeah. I really oh, like yeah. when uh I really liked when remember when, when um Ruse, or I was going to say Rusev. That would have been better. When Russo first came over there and, and they were going to do the angle with the millionaire, the billionaire club and the new blood. Yeah, yeah. And I remember yeah, he's yeah. like, I'm going to show you stuff you've never seen before. And you see the muscle car pull up and Hulk Hogan comes out and he's like, Listen here, Kidman, you son of a bitch. It's like, oh my God.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a whole weird thing. That's they really took away the titles from everyone and started over again. And it was just. And then yeah, the shop, like, like Russo. and – Yeah, man, that dude, was interesting.
1: It was
0: weird. Like, one of the things that I always thought was really, really weird about it is I kept thinking to myself, why are the New Blood guys the heels? Yeah. Why, why are yeah. they the heels? The Mil- the Millionaires Club guys should be the heels. Why are they the, the. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me at all. Like, <laughs> so then that's why it gave us, you know, Billy Kidman trying to heal up on Hulk Hogan or Terry yeah. Bolea. He wasn't Hulk Hogan then. He took away his name for some reason. He was Terry Goulet.
1: I like how they were like, we got to get the, the young blood in here like a young, spry 43 year old Lex Luger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
1: <laughs> I've oh, never gosh. seen a company crash and fall that bad ever.
0: Man, it was rough, buddy. Like, because I, I went back and watched uh, a lot of that stuff. Like, you know, just, just you know, randomly watching stuff. And I watched all of those papers like the last two years of their pay per views I watched in a row just nonstop, and man, it's it's
1: rough, brother. It's uh, just, yeah, it. I it's mean, rough. I remember Tank Abbott?
2: Oh yeah, I remember. Yeah, because remember, uh, yeah, like he would. Oh, they. Were, I remember they were. It was a train wreck.
1: <laughs> I remember when he Buddy. fought Big. Al, remember when he fought Big Al in the leather jacket on the pole match? Oh yeah. And the best part is that. is at the end and Tank throws this guy down and Tank pulls out like a box cutter and puts it on his throat and he's like, I'm gonna fucking kill you! And the camera cuts yeah. back to Shivani real quick and he's like, he's trying to cut off his beard! And the guy's like, clean shaven. Ah.
0: <laughs> God. Oh, man. I remember, um, I remember the... uh, Mark
2: Madden con- doing the commentating. Oh, God, the- yes. Dude. That was horrible. So Yeah, yeah. it's funny because I remember watching every. I think I watched every single, probably every single Nitro. I mean, a lot of it's hard to remember now, but there's so much stuff. Like I was watching Nitro because I used to watch Raw and Nitro. I watched Raw live, or some some episodes were taped before, you know, pre-taped or whatever. Um, And then I would watch the rerun of Nitro because it would rerun it. At eleven o'clock, and yep. this is before DVR boxes. I remember I used to tape, like if I was out or working, I used to, you know, have my VCR set and my tape on and stuff, and then, and then hopefully I would catch, you know, Nitro as I came came home, and then would have like Raw on, on my on my tape, and I used to watch that, and, you know, but yeah, there was a lot of, uh, you know, I mean there was but I mean RAW was w, WWF was getting better and then WCW was just getting like after ninety as ninety eight approached that's when it started getting WCW started getting bad
0: oh yeah man like they, I just don't like that'd be a, a great conversation to have too is just the fall of WCW in general because we they need had to have that. so much that'd be they, they had so much good that it was like, it's like, how do you even, how do you mess this up, really? Like, because they had, I mean, if you look at the talent that they had and the guys that they had at the time, like, and they just let them slip through their fingers or they didn't utilize them enough or whatever it may be, and that's even crazier considering that apparently in the back there was no, like, handle on anything. These guys could literally do whatever they wanted. Like, I think I remember hearing a uh, Vampire Hero talk on a podcast just saying how, he just went over next door and got the Misfits and brought them on the show. Just like, nah, I'm just yeah. going to go over here and get the Misfits. Is that cool? Cool. And then Jericho came up with the Ralphus thing by himself. He was like, I'm just going to do this. Is that cool? All right, cool. And then, like, mm-hmm. so many uh, random stories like that were, like, stuff that was actually great. These guys just came up with on their own and just, like, is this cool? Cool. I'm going to do it, do, it, do it then. And that, and that was it. I remember? Yeah, man.
1: Remember when they gave Stevie Ray the segment, Suckers Gots to Know? <laughs> and I remember he's, he's interviewing Luger, and Luger's like, brother, can I tell you a secret? And, and Stevie Ray's like, yeah, you can tell me these fans and the 500 people watching at home. And Tony Schiavone, who looked dumber every week, was like, he meets 500 people in each house, fans. <laughs>
0: 500 people at home. Because <laughs> that's all they're watching this. And I'm shooting high. <laughs> Let's be honest. Shivani yeah.
1: lost credibility on a weekly basis.
0: Oh, dude. Here we go, man. He, he spoiled
2: the <laughs> Mick Foley. I remember him spoiling the uh, Mick Foley title win on that one Nitro. And you said, you know, like the whole – I mean, obviously Bischoff's in his ear. And he, he said, you know – Hey, don't watch those other guys because they're gonna actually put the belt on Mick Foley. Yes, you know, they're gonna put some butts in the seats. How stuff. about
1: who was who was the one announcer? Um, Scott Hudson.
2: Scott, yeah,
1: oh yeah, yeah. I remember him doing an interview, and, and I don't. I think it might have been with Bagwell after like the neck injury. I can't remember who it was for sure, but I remember the guy was like, "If I have another match and fall wrong, my head could fall right off my body." <laughs> And Scott Hudson like drops his head and goes That's sad.
0: That's, <laughs> uh, that's so that's so uh, sad, man. Uh, like it was funny, like it was funny listening to those commentaries, especially Giovanni towards the end. Uh, because there was so much stuff that he that it was almost just like, I ah, just give up. Like <laughs> I like, think there's so many things where you would it would like pan to him and he would just be like, I I don't know. Like well, I don't know what's happening right now.
1: Yeah. I think there were right. actually
0: a few times where they actually said stuff like that. Like, yeah, we don't, we don't know what's happening. We're just here and just yeah.
1: <laughs> what if <is it?
0: laughs> you watch? Yeah, yeah you should be like, like well, we don't know what's going on, but we're gonna have a match coming
2: up. It might be, yeah. I don't know. We've got the cruiserweights. What's going on, Bobby? <laughs> Bobby be like? Would <laughs> be like, like gorilla. <laughs> yeah, Bob just did I'm
1: I'm convinced Hena was drunk on some of those shows. He clearly oh, didn't easily. care toward the end. <laughs> easily. He's just like uh, this 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 doesn't matter
0: <laughs> at all. But yeah. you know who was great? Lance Storm. I loved Lance uh, Storm. I liked
1: Lance Storm. Storm, yes.
0: That was he was he was awesome.
2: Didn't they did they have a Canadian group and remember Hacksaw joined them or something?
1: Yes. <laughs>
2: yes. That's right. Oh, how about um, yeah an Alex Skipper, I
0: think? Yeah. And, like, his Hacksaw yeah.
1: turned his back on America when the cancer went away or something like that.
0: Yeah, yeah something like that. Shaved his beard.
1: <laughs> oh, how about when, um, do you remember when it was the Radicals? Was it Saturn? Malenko and Shane Douglas, not the Radicals, I can't remember, the...
2: They were the... Re- the uh,
1: revolution.
2: The Revolution, yeah. Benoit was in there, too.
1: And I remember they came down and attacked someone with two-by-fours, and they were they were foamed, the one bent. And Shimani <laughs> was like, he hit him so hard, he bent the two-by-four. Yeah, <laughs> like, you
0: know, you know, those are the voices of somebody who just gives up. Like, all right... Uh, i guess we're just gonna go with this all right let's try and fool these stupid people that are watching this still <laughs> hey bit wood he bit wood can you believe that it,
1: it, it's like now if you go back and watch it's it's plan nine from outer space
0: it is yeah it's nuts, it's nuts.
1: how about the fucking remember that when they had the the san francisco 49er match and they had all them boxes and like One box was a blow-up doll. One was a picture of Scott Hall. Yes.
0: Yes. <laughs> I don't I remember what
1: the third box was, and then the fourth box was the title. But I just remember one of the yeah, boxes was a picture was, of Scott it was, Hall. That, was,
0: that, yeah, yeah. was that Booker and, uh, and Steiner?
2: Was that,
1: Steiner, uh, Steiner or Jarrett, one of the two.
2: It was uh, Booker T was in that match.
1: Booker yeah, T yeah, was in that he was he match against Steiner or Jarrett.
0: I think
2: he might have been against
0: yeah. Jarrett. I mean, let's be honest. The main event picture from the last couple of years was always Booker T versus Steiner or Jarrett. Like, yeah. That's all it was. And, and I never liked
1: Jarrett. I always thought he sucked. Yeah.
0: I, I, like, liked him, I liked him in his spot in the E when he was, you know, the uh, secondary guy. And, yeah. I mean, because he did, he did do good matches. He had good matches at that period of time. One of my favorite matches, just to randomly watch, is one match he had with uh, Michaels for the Intercontinental title. Uh, really good, really solid. He was always real good and real solid, but I never thought he was a top guy. You know, like he just didn't—he didn't have the charisma to me to be to carry a company.
1: He was the honky but tonk man.
0: Yeah, yeah, pretty but much. Was the More same gimmick.
1: Just keep yeah. your wife More away from him. Tone,
0: that, guy oh, will, that, that guy will steal
1: that. your wife, and then Kurt Angle—he got revenge for everybody there at the end. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, dude, he beat the tar out of Jared. Like, every time they were together, he beat the living crap out of him.
1: He stole his woman, too, didn't he?
0: Huh.
1: Um, did he? I think, isn't his wife, Jared's ex-wife, Karen? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: no, Karen Angle Karen
1: Yeah.
0: It's Karen Jarrett now,
1: yeah. Eugene's got so. the hot wife. <laughs>
0: I have never, uh, never met her, so I don't know
1: who she is. Are you coming down to work the, for that show in Iowa? Uh,
0: I was supposed to go down last weekend, but some stuff fell through, so I didn't get to. Uh, but uh, I have been assured that I will be uh, down there in the, in the future, so I don't know when, but yeah, I'll be down there.
1: Did you contact any of the people here where I am?
0: No, I haven't, I haven't done it yet. Like, uh, I, uh, did you send me the info on them? I can't remember. Yeah, I
1: can send it to it you not. again.
0: Please do, because I, I, I am, I'm everywhere. My mind, like, goes many, many different places, and I have to write stuff down, and if I forget to, it's like, I just totally forget everything.
1: Because seeing as <laughs> how we look like twins, we could do the Killer Bee switch. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah, <laughs> that'd be nice, yeah.
1: We gotta bring the like, we'll probably back.
0: Yeah, I could probably get us some gear too. Jim, Bra- you know, Jim Brazell stuff. and Brian uh, Brian Briller. Yeah, I'll just I'll just do drop kicks all the time.
1: That's it. Just there you go. Nothing but drop kicks. Yeah. I can do a drop kick. All right. <laughs> there you go. I can do a chop. <laughs> I can do a drop kick. I, I, I'm, well, I, I, I did martial cool. arts. I can be the next Ernest the Cat Miller with no uh, wrestling uh, skill. Oh, my gosh.
0: Uh, Ernest Miller. He went yeah. there.
1: <laughs> I loved I, Ernest Miller, though. He was funny.
0: He was he funny. Was, How he got he was, so much airtime is beyond me.
2: I remember he told uh, that she told Mark
0: Madden, to, "like shut your fat ass up." Or something. <laughs> he was great talk man. He was a great talker. His he, matches were horrible, but <laughs> he was a great talker though. Oh my god! And then
1: for some reason, he was with Sonny Ono.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess they kind of made the they made a typical uh, you know. Racist type thing, like oh, he knows martial arts. Let's stick him with an Asian. <laughs> yeah.
1: What 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 I thought was really dumb, and we had talked about it before. One of my favorite pay per views was when they had the Japanese guys against the WCW guys.
0: Yeah, yeah, I have that one somewhere actually. It's uh, what is it? Starcade '90 Starcade. Yeah. Go
1: Starrcade, back and watch yeah. because if you notice, they could never say like foreign object. That was a no no. It was international. You couldn't have any racism. But if you watch the Johnny B. Bad. Um, I think he fought Tenzan when uh, Sonny Ono was out there because Kimberly was with Bad, and he's like, what are you doing out here? Woman belong in the kitchen. And I remember she's like, listen to me here, Hop sing. This ain't no Chinese bathhouse. I'm like, oh, my God, here comes the racism.
0: It's like, all right, guys, whatever you do, don't say anything racist. I got you, brah. I got you. Uh, that,
1: that was, that was he's like. It's like
0: I could say it. I know martial arts.
1: Too. <laughs> oh, remember when Scott Steiner did that interview and said, D-, and it was the one that got him in the fight? I was like, D- DDP needs to have a sex change because he ain't got no balls to come down here. Oh, my <laughs> God. Because <laughs> he used to just spot random shit because oh, scared of it. Scott
0: Steiner on a microphone. Yeah, buddy.
1: Yeah, Steiner, yeah. Scott Steiner has the greatest workout DVD in history Oh my
0: gosh, I've heard all about it I haven't watched it yet, but it's just him Doing stuff with girls
1: around Right? Yeah, like he's got like He's like lifting like logs And tires And as he's doing squats, he's got like these strippers Like straddling his neck and everything It's the greatest And he's like throwing chains It's like who the hell in their home gym Owns two tires, a log, and a chain
0: <laughs>
2: it's, it, it's funny. Some of these guys, like you talk about Ernest Miller and Scott Steiner, like they had that brief WWF or WWE come. Like I remember Ernest Miller was on SmackDown briefly doing something, and then and Scott Steiner's forgettable one year in 03 when they were pushing him or
1: oh
0: guess,
2: man, that was Triple not, H. That was and, yeah, then you know with Test. And then the then he turned them heel and then he was never seen again um, on WWE
1: TV. Well he got so um, yeah. ridiculously big he couldn't do anything. It was just chop hit you on the back. Chop hit you on the back. That was like his repertoire.
0: Yeah. Like when he would try to go outside of that, he would it would just it would just be bad. Like I remember like his first match that he had with Triple H where he botched like two belly to bellies. He tried to do that old uh uh, that liger bomb variation he used to do, yeah, and he like fell on that like twice. Like it's just he couldn't, he couldn't physically hang. He just couldn't do it.
1: And his but upper body he, like... was almost too big for his legs or something. He yeah, was just...
0: it was it was crazy. Like his his just the way he moved was weird. But then he, he went over to TNA and he actually had some pretty decent experience, like some pretty decent matches there. Like I don't know what it was about uh, that period of time in WWE, but man, it was rough. Yeah, he,
1: he's, he's stoned. There were a lot of them, though, that came to WWE and did really... Re- Shane Douglas, I'll never forget, because he was really good. I thought he was really good in ECW. I thought he was good in WCW. I thought he was good in TNA. He he might have had a bad gimmick, but he just sucked in everything in WWE.
2: Yeah. Oh, as D- Dean Douglas? Ooh. Yeah,
1: I mean, it was, even the matches, though, were bad. And he
2: was a good wrestler. Yeah. There were a yeah. lot of snitches. Sn- sn- like yeah, guys like Public Enemy, they were briefly in both organizations, WCW and WWE, but they like didn't last. There, yeah, there was a lot of guys like certain guys like that went over and didn't have the success that they did in other organizations. And just, I,
1: I wanted know. to see what they were going to do with Hack. They're the man being Raven's rich preppy friend neighbor. I wanted to see where that angle was going to go, but it just kind of disappeared.
2: Oh, when was that the whole uh, when Raven was a uh, like it was hard 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 Hack? talking about
1: that? Yeah, he was like real depressed, so his mom came to get him at the arena, and then they brought it and they brought in Hack, and Hack was like gonna be his. He was his neighbor, and then they brought Chastity in, she was his sister, and then Canyon was going to check on him, and then he found these pictures of Roddy Roddy Piper, and he gave this evil <laughs> look, and then like the next week it's all wrapped up where he turns out he's rich, and him and Canyon go and buy a bunch of stuff.
2: Yeah, I know, yeah. It was, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, I actually don't remember
0: that. that. That's really... That's
2: before he- Sandman was hardcore hack, and he was like just his regular name, Jim. And he was like saying, "I remember he was like saying something to Raven. He's like, oh, come on, man!'" And he just goes, "Shut up, Jim."
1: Yeah, and then, he, like, and then he pushed Canyon in the pool.
0: Yeah. Wow, I don't remember any Game of that.
1: Up. It was it, I mean, it's forgettable, but the Raven Canyon blow off gimmicks. I mean, they're the vignettes. They're they're yeah. funny because they keep like Raven keeps like talking to the people at home. He's like, "Look at this, Mark, and all that," you know. But um. Totally breaking his character, but I mean, it's funny. I think it's on YouTube. You type in "Raven Canyon vignette," you'll probably find the, the little four-part series.
0: Yeah, they I'll have some. to look
1: it up. Because I was a Raven Mark back then too, like big time Mark. Uh,
0: I've always was, loved Raven's character, man.
1: Oh, why? Yeah. I like Johnny Polo too. Oh man.
0: Yeah. <laughs> So, so, do you have any love for Johnny Flamingo? Got any love for that guy?
1: I liked him because he loaded his glove with water and punched Johnny B. Bad in the boxing match. <laughs> 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 uh, Was Dusty high when he came up with that, looky here, Merrill. If you take some tannin <laughs> pills and we make you look black, you could look just like Little Richard, baby. <laughs> Who comes up with that gimmick? <laughs>
0: he had to be, right? <laughs> He's like... Mm, Yeah, Dad, I I was asleep the other night and I got this wonderful idea. And I think maybe (laughs) that you, I think you can make it work honey. (laughs) yeah. Like, you got that boxing background and we're going to call you, we can call you Johnny B. Bad, but you're going to be all Little Richard-like. It's going to be nice. Put the fringe on you, (laughs) have a glitter gun, it's going to be wonderful.
1: The Bad Blaster.
0: (laughs) The Bad (laughs) Blaster.
2: I, 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 oh man! I, and I, speaking of um, Jimmy Bad and Mark, I remember when when he went over to WWF and then they finally because like, I liked him, I'm like, okay, they're gonna do something. You know, like it looked like they were gonna do something with him, but then that didn't happen. I mean, he was the Wild Man, Mark Merrill. Like,
0: man. <laughs> yeah, man. Sable the wild
1: in my eyes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. I remember. I just remember Sable power bombed him in their match. Yeah. I mean, that's the end of your career right there.
0: Yeah, pretty much. I heard a rumor that, like, originally when they signed him, they signed him because of the Johnny B. Bad character. Like, Vince wanted that. But then when he signed him, he didn't know it, but he didn't own Johnny B. Bad. So then they had to repackage him, and they repackaged him as the wild man Mark (laughs) Marrow.
1: And I, I could see that. Cause that's what fucked yeah. Beefcake, cause the Brutus Beefcake gimmick was over, but he couldn't use it. That's why he then became Brother Brutai, the Disciple, the Zodiac. Oh, good God. The, I like, the Booty it. Man. The Booty Don't Man. The the because that's so yes, creepy. Uh, type in, type in Booty Man Hulk Hogan commercial, and Hulk Hogan's sitting there talking to him, and all at once Kimberly, that's when she was the Booty Babe, and she pops up and she's like, Hey Hulk, <laughs> can he be my boyfriend? And Hogan, like, smiles and goes, Yeah, I'd like that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I, I remember that I gotta check that I gotta find that I can't forget like, that I'm curious what is what is the booty man like like a, a question I've been asked a dozen times in my uh, in my, my career is who is here Williams what, what, what are you and like now I have an answer years ago I didn't have an answer but if somebody was to walk up to you and you're you're Brutus Beefcake but you're the booty man and somebody says what is the booty man what are you gonna
1: say? Well, I have no idea.
0: Like seriously, right? Like what? Well, what are his, you gonna say to that? Remember
1: his finisher? He would do the the high knee, but they call it the high knee. You know, like the high knee. I just, <laughs> I, <laughs> I just love that. Just the way Hogan, like he's rubbing his hands together, like he's getting off. And she, can he be my boyfriend? <laughs> I'd like that. <laughs> the,
0: the, the high knee. <laughs> no,
1: no, it's- How about when Hogan thought? How about when the Ultimate Warrior had powers and Hogan thought he saw him in the in the mirror?
0: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. that was awesome. Yeah,
1: but what made no sense is is like they never should have shown him because Bischoff's like, who are you talking to? But like we can all see him at home too, so Bischoff looked like the idiot. I know. Because the Warrior signal would flash.
0: (laughs) Wow. I would wow. like
1: as tacky as it was though, I liked when Ed Ferrara was Oklahoma. Oh
0: gosh,
2: that was so
1: But I like I get like it's tacky to talk like you have Bell's palsy, but he was better than any announcer he's sitting there. Who ventured with the pinata? Pinata. Pinata, I say everything in threes He played football in Tijuana State For those of you wondering I mean, it was funny it was, fun. it was
0: It was terribly tacky But it was probably one of the more entertaining things Happening on that show
1: Well, I remember then they did the Cruiserweight tournament Start a few weeks later And one of the opening brackets was Oklahoma versus Medusa What the fuck
0: Yeah, yeah Yeah, she was, he was, and she was, they were both Cruiserweight champions, just just putting out there.
1: Uh, Yeah, I never got the fascination with her.
0: I never really, I liked her as Underblaze, but just because I was young then, and, you know, I was just like, oh, you know, she's a girl, she's throwing down, cool. So I liked her in that aspect, Um, and I thought they chose well when they uh, put her against people, like, so they they chose her opponents well. Yeah. but, yeah, like after after that period of her career was over, to me, her career was pretty much over. Just like, all right, you're done.
1: Yeah, WCW, They. I remember she had the one match against Bull Nakano at, at that god-awful biker pay-per-view, The Road Wild. Because she, yeah. she came down with the Harley, and Bull had the Kawasaki because all the bikers were booing her, and Sonny Ono went, if you win with your American bike, I'll get on this one and ride like a kamikaze. Yes. <laughs> He didn't, did he? No, he no didn't. I miss it. I like <laughs> Sonny Ono.
0: I do. He was. He was so, oh, gosh, though, man.
1: And Dusty would uh, always call him Sonny Bono.
0: Sonny Yeah. But,
2: yeah, speaking of, like, the women in W's, like, they never really had a women's division there, even though they brought in Medusa, or, you know, um, and they, they had Jacqueline there. But they really didn't have like that ma- that much women wrestling Rest- wrestling, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I probably didn't have. They probably just planned to have these women just, you know, have a match here and there, and then have be be with, you know, be like a almost like a a valet.
1: Because wrestling. macho yeah. had macho had he had Medusa, um, Molly or just, Holly, he had yeah, like Molly. three of them, a while, and then Gorgeous yeah, George, Gorgeous George, yep. And Flair had woman, and uh, Deborah. they were with the horse, and Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Yeah, mm-hmm. which,
0: which is kind of odd. Like, if you were Medusa, and you like, and apparently she enjoyed what she did, why would you look at WCW and be like, oh, this is a place where I can further my career? She had that. I know. I mean.
2: like, and she threw down the women's title, unless she was getting offered a lot of money. Because I think... I don't know if WWE – because really after she left, there was no women's division in WWE. No, there not was, for the
1: lo- – not until yeah. Stratus Alita came around. That was a long time later. Yeah. Yeah. Like they
2: – and they, they didn't bring back the women's title until they – was like Sable and Jacqueline. And then yep. and they had that match and then Jacqueline had the women's – and they really didn't have – still they didn't have – they had to build that because you had – Sable who wasn't really a wrestler. You had Deborah; she I think she won the women's title, and and then he brought in like, um, I think Ivory was de- you know Ivory yeah. was good. Um, yeah, and, you know, yeah I think he slowly, yeah. and that's when eventually Lita and then Trish, and eventually they had some type of a division. But um, it was
1: all like bra and panty matches and mud match. Oh, Not that I'm complaining, was, mind you, but
2: yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, and, and uh, I, I'm a big women's wrestler wrestling fan, like, now, like, the way it is. I mean, yeah, as a, as a guy back then, yeah, I love the, the bra and panties matches. But it's cool to see that, you know, the women are taken seriously now. They're actually in, they wrestling. They can wrestle. Because, like, yeah. when I saw, like, the, even the going back to the, I remember the, the four-way match in NXT with Sasha, uh, Charlotte, Bailey, and uh, Becky. And uh, wow, these women can go. And especially even, even the, the Sasha... Becky match for the NXT title, women's title, and then the, the Brooklyn yeah. match, the first one with Bailey and Sasha. I mean, I mean, these women, wow, they can go. And that's why it's cool that they're actually... It's cool that they finally gave them a main event. You know, this bullshit triple main event. No, there's only one main event. It's the last match on the card. And yeah. I'm glad they gave it because I remember it was like speculation who's going to get the that spot, was it going to be Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins? Was it going to be the the Charlotte and Sasha? But it's cool they gave it to them um, because it kind of you know I think that was who knows I could I mean I'm sure they could made a, you know they could have another women's match main event another pay per view but I think since there's so many pay per views
1: there's more opportunity
0: for that to happen.
1: They stole the show. Yeah. on WrestleMania <laughs> hands down. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah, they did. They definitely. I I remember watching that match, and I honestly felt terrible for Becky because it seemed like she took such a beating in
1: that match. Yeah. She
0: earned my respect that day.
1: And <laughs> even like, didn't even Ric Flair grab yeah. her and kiss her? wasn't he Wasn't that the one Flair grabbed too? Yeah, <laughs> I, don't I think
0: so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. But um, they yeah that match was great, and they had the you know I and and hopefully like. I mean, once who knows what's you know, how long these girls have like their longevity of wrestling and, and stuff because this batch, those four, um, and you know, there's other ones too, um, in there, I, I think you know, like um, but you know, I mean right now NXT
1: women's division like is like huh, oh, this is Asuka and that's it. N X T is Pretty really much. they're really depleted right now.
0: Yeah, it's it, it's 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 kind of yeah, like it's it's sad because I used to, because I, I usually wrestle on Wednesdays, I'd get I'd miss an but then I'd stay up later just so I could watch it. Now it's like I I was trying to catch up with it the other day and I was just like I didn't really I didn't really care because there's not a whole lot to really attach yourself to mm-hmm. yet. I mean I say yet because you know I'm sure that some of these people will come into themselves and everything like that because. Uh, the, the first round of NXT, if you will, were people who were like, you know, they uh, they had had time to develop before they were thrust onto the network. Like, uh, I think the first round was guys like, you know, Tyler Breeze and uh, Sammy Zayn and, yeah. and guys like that who were already well <laughs> into who they were going to be before they got thrown onto TV. And now you're having to have people like basically start over to some extent.
1: Because Uh, Owen spent, like, a whole year in Ring of Honor as the champ, and that's, like, long before he ever did, like, or that was, you know, before that he had done Pro Wrestling Guerrilla and all those, before he even, you know, went that far. So he was already pretty established. Like, what do you guys uh,
0: think about, uh, uh, like, guys like Ares and Rude in NXT? I
1: I don't get the Bobby Rude. I love the glorious song. Uh, yeah. I just am not fascinated. I mean, it's nice that he wears them beautiful sequent robes, but he does nothing for me when the bell rings. I liked him so much better in TNA.
2: I mean, for me, I do like... I mean, I, uh, they... I think it's a good direction for him. I mean, I don't know, like... He does have to do, like, you know... He's still not... You know, he, he's good in the ring. I mean, don't get me wrong, he's a good, great wrestler. But yeah, it's not like... He's not you know wowing me even though that entrance they gave him the it's great because it just like pulls you in and you're just like and the, the crowds for him so it's like they're doing a lot for you know for him as far as you know doing him right as he's coming through the gate um but is it gonna last who knows um but you know i i think you know i i do like him um Austin Aries, it's, you know, I like him, but, yeah, what's going on, you know, like, what are they doing with him? Um, and then you got Eric Young with Sanity, um, which I kind of like that group, it's kind of cool, um, but see, again, see where it, a lot of it, a lot of now, it's like, I think they, they took so much from NXT, like, when they took away, you know, Finn Balor, they took away Bayley, they took away, you know, Enzo and Cass, they took a lot of people that were staples in NXT. And I almost was like having a, like even before the draft, way before, even before, I think it was last year, I was telling someone that it's almost like you need, if you're going to build, try to build NXT, you need to have guys stay there for a, a while and have your franchise players and maybe just pay them the same amount of money they would get Certain guys that they would get on the ro- on the roster, because it's like it's you know because almost like NXT could be like an ECW where ECW was kind of like a revolving door with some guys like some guys like Jericho, Austin, Mick Foley, you know they you know some guy in Mysterio and Benoit. And you and knew guys, they were
1: just passing through.
2: Yeah, some guys yeah. went to WCW, some guys went to WWF, but you had guys like Tommy. Sam, even though Sam and briefly left the Dullies, you know, towards you know, you had New Jack, you, you had you had certain guys that Rob Van Dam, uh, Sabu, yeah. you had guys that you know were there for a you know years, you know, a couple, you know, at least a, in that in that almost whole era of UCW, um, and you know, and so that way that kept it consistent because. All right, these guys left, but you still had Tommy's was still here, or, or RVD's still here. So you had these staples. So I think, like a Finn Balor, they could have made him the franchise of NXT and just like, all right, you're not going to be on the big main roster, the big stage, but NXT's growing into that. So, but we're going to pay you like you were on the main roster. Because look at guys like Apollo Crews. He was kind of, you know, decent in NXT. Do you? Where is he now? Like, do you even see him on the SmackDown? No.
1: If I, was, B- if I was bigger, I would punch the Hype Brothers.
0: <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, like Dude, the, yeah, oh, I can't I, stand those guys.
1: <laughs> oh, I hate they, even American Alpha. I fucking hate them too. Yeah. See,
0: I like American Alpha. I, am a I fan like of American guys. Stuff.
1: Even when they talk.
0: Like, well, I got to be honest with you. I haven't really heard many of their promos, but their matches are rest, so. Man. Good. It's, their matches are so good. But see, yeah.
1: on the main roster, they're just stuck in those little four-minute squashes, so you can't see anything. Jump into the Usos, and two, they're like they're so they're almost like the Rock when he first started, where they're overdoing the whole babyface thing.
0: Mm, well, that's that will be an issue for them. If that's uh, you if
1: can't that's get over in that's a style like them, you can't get over in a four-minute match.
2: No, you you really they
0: can't. Need they do me yeah, yeah. It's tough cuz some yeah, guys you know,
2: go, ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say it's like some some NXT guys it works for some guys and it works like I think Enzo and Cass, they're 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 doing good. I mean, they're they're on TV a lot raw. The audience is reacting to them. I mean, hopefully one of these days they'll have the titles and stuff. You know, some guy. I mean, obviously the women are doing fine, you know, with Sasha and Charlotte. They're you know, main eventing the, the last pay-per-view. But some people, like, you know, your Tyler Breezes, your Apollo Cruzes, you know, and uh, Vaude Villains. Um, it, you know, there's a lot of, you know, guys that, Neville, look at Neville. I mean, the guys that were big in NXT that are not, you know, they're not doing anything with them. They're not, you know, they're kind of just like... Well, we thought, you know, let's put let's put you on the main roster. Let's see. Oh, okay, you're, you're not doing good. Let's mid card you. Let's put you low on the card. Let's not even put you on TV.
0: Yeah, you know. which is which is a shame. That really is uh, that really is a shame because I think in a lot of companies uh, they don't realize that a lot of pe- if there are a lot of people in the world, especially in the wrestling business, that they need a certain time frame if you will to get over they need to uh you know a certain uh a way to get over like their their character or the way they do things it needs time or it needs a specific type of match or it needs a specific promo to help get them over with the crowd i mean not everybody is like an enzo and Cass who are going to come out there enzo is going to do his thing and the crowd are gonna be like ah, oh, he's hilarious it's awesome let's, let's just let that happen not everybody's going to be like that. Like for an American Alpha, who are strictly a, uh, in a lot of ways, a wrestling team, you are yeah. going to have to give them that fifteen-minute tag match to where they can really be like, oh, okay, that's what these guys are about. Okay, cool. Yeah. I can be behind that. Like, like yeah. you would a Kurt Angle or something like that. Um, of course, Kurt Angle, he brings a lot more to the table than just being able to wrestle well. But uh, just just an example. A lot a lot of prom- promotions that. Uh, especially, apparently, the WWE is like that. Because I think Tyler Breeze is fantastic. Oh, yeah. Yet, he's, he's one of the guys that's just like kind of there right now. Because apparently when he went straight up, he didn't get over immediately. So Vince was just like, eh. All right, well, apparently you're not all you're cracked up to be. So you are Breeze Dango now. I know. <laughs> and that's, and, and that's
2: and, it. And, our, our yeah. Support. And when he was on NXT, especially these takeovers, he had these great... You know entrances and stuff, and the fans, you know, you know, were into him and stuff, and he had these good good matches with people, and yeah, it's just like, and he and he was like, for uh, and uh, like okay, for me before NXT started or before it became the, the brand the way it is now, not the NXT when it was the the like slash competition show, um, you know, uh, it was Florida Championship Wrestling was the territory and. I'm from Tampa, Florida, so I got to watch from like 08 until 2000, early 2012 before they moved it to Orlando. It was here in Tampa, you know, in and, in you know, like this little warehouse in South Tampa. And, the, you know, that's where you had way back, at Seamus, Dolph Ziggler. Um, you, you, you had, you know, South Rollins, Dean Ambrose, when Roman Reigns was layout key. You know, and and he had a lot of uh, a lot of guys there and girls like Paige was there and um, you know a lot of people that you know you know were, are still there you know back, uh, EC3 you know when he was Derek Bateman uh, but you know and so I got to see and and Tyler Breeze was there but he was Mike Dalton and well, wasn't
1: uh, uh, wasn't like uh, from Lucha wasn't Cage there and Mac there too yeah
2: yeah cage was there but he was Logan um, Willie Mac him,
1: I think was the Mac
2: yeah um, a lot of guys um, there was of course uh, Katrina who's uh, you know uh, yeah. max there and uh, you had uh, evilvolise she was she was and she was teamed up with Paige they were the anti divas um, and uh, in, in FCW uh, I mean and FCW wasn't great like it was good it was good i mean now looking back it was like you know it wasn't what nxt became but it was like the stepping stone to that like it was like the foundation kind of because it had a lot of those guys and some guy you know uh yeah bray wyatt was there when he was husky harris or even before that he was uh uh, it was something Rotunda because he was a, he, him and Bo were tag team champions and stuff. They were the brothers and stuff. Uh, but um, yeah, it was a lot. You know, Daniel Bryan was there briefly. In FCW, um, Wade Barrett, all those guys. Um, uh, and and like yeah, Tyler Breeze was there, and he you know he was Mike Dalton. They gave him like the FCW title at one point you know, on his, on, like, towards the end of that FCW, and then, yeah, and then NXT starts in Orlando, and it's, becomes kind of bigger there, uh, you know, has a big following, and yeah, he becomes Tyler Breeze, and then he's this kind of big star, he was there, you know, in the developmental for years, like, and then finally he gets his, his spot, and
1: then it gets squished. Um, so that's why I'm thinking. I personally like the Golden Truth versus Brizango angle. I won't lie; I'm not ashamed admitting that. It's interesting. Oh, no, I'm
0: sure they're great. Yeah, I'm sure it's it's fine. It's just unfortunate that they started him out like on such a such a good thing. Because when he first came in, they started he started working with uh, with Ziggler, and they did like. Yeah. Uh, a little angle and they did like one pay-per-view match where i think if i recall correctly breeze went over and then like the next week they were just like all right never mind just forget about that he's not anything (laughs) now
1: (laughs) well look uh curtis axel and heath slater were both the the uh push to the moon right in the beginning there in the big feud and i mean axel never reclaimed that at least now they're giving Mm -hmm. um you know, uh, Heat's getting another chance there with this trailer park gimmick with Rhino yeah,
2: being being attacked. yeah, that's another like like I feel bad for Axel because he was back when he was just Joe Henning. He was an FCW, and then he was Michael
1: Cuddy, and you know Curtis Axel. I mean, but it's got to be hard though when your dad is one of the greatest wrestlers of all time.
2: Yeah, and I I don't think. You know, I don't think Axel's going to become a big star. I mean, he's—I think he's almost forty or something. I think he's like a couple. I think he's like late thirties. So I can see he's probably going to become like a trainer eventually, like behind the scenes. But I think he's—you know—they tried. They they put the IC belt on him at one point. They put him with Heyman. It just didn't work. Um, But. You know, I mean, they could have... I don't know, it's just... A lot of times, sometimes it's this is the right place, right time kind of thing. Austin and
1: 316.
2: Yep. And, I mean, a lot of this time, you never know. I mean, I mean, with Heath Slater, I, I mean, obviously, I think that's going to fizzle out eventually, this whole, you know, with the tag team stuff. But I didn't think Heath would get cheered and stuff. Because he was like... He was the... You know, he was the guy that they threw out there to get wrecks all
1: the time. He was the big boy and stuff. I mean, it's it's funny though. I mean, the gimmick he's yeah. doing. I mean, it's. I mean, there's a place for comedy. I, I like to laugh. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: And, of course. And he's over, he's over with the crowd. He's over.
1: Oh, they um, didn't say he has merchandise now. You know, I got kids to feed and all. He's got like two or three shirts. Yeah.
2: I think a lot of times it's sometimes some. I think sometimes they think, okay, what's going to work. Um, and they say, all right, let's try this. And then, you know, and then it, it either works or it doesn't work.
1: Jericho was putting me to sleep until he started the list. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, Jericho,
2: he's, I mean, he's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. And he kind of reinvents himself. Oh, easily. You know, I mean, this whole, and he's totally over. I mean. He's gonna be going back to babyface soon, and they'll feud him and Kevin Owens and stuff. But I mean, the whole thing with the list—it's funny how like he, he can get the simplest things over, and like it and stupid idiots and stuff. But
1: that takes a lot of talent too to get something that small over.
2: Yeah. Oh that's, yeah, yeah, he's that's he's, why he's one of the greatest. I mean, he was doing great stuff in Um and they just didn't recognize that. And then he's he had a great career, you know, his career in WWE. I mean, I mean, and and it's really fun because <laughs> Jericho now is more of a part-time wrestler. By this time, he would because he would kind of come in and out, in and out, and then. But he's been a, like he's been back since like before the Royal
1: Rumble. Yeah, so, he's been here a long time. This run,
2: and you know, like usually his runs last like now like. Maybe three, four months, and then he's doing a Fozzy tour, and then he, come, you know, and then he'll come back to the next year. But this time, like, he's like his last couple times. I mean, I know like, when he came back in 2012, they put him against, um, you know, CM Punk at WrestleMania and all that. And but then after that, when he lost to Fandango at WrestleMania, like he was. I think at that time, the last couple of years, he was there to just get people over. And, you know, he wasn't in any big, big feuds. But I think now it's like, okay, he's he's like a, he's a main eventer, right? you know. I mean, he's always been a main eventer, but now he's like, kind of, he's in the main, you know, the, the thick of things. in the main event, yeah. in the class. And stuff.
0: Which kind of, it kind of makes me sad because it makes me worry a little bit. It's like, almost like, you kind of step back and you're like, wait a minute, does that mean he could possibly be thinking that, Maybe this is one of his last runs, so yeah. that's why he's putting a little more into it. And then that just scares me because a world, a wrestling world without Chris Jericho is a sad world.
1: And he's yeah. he's he's, he's got to be closing in on fifty. He's got a wife and kids now. He doesn't. Yeah. I mean, obviously, he doesn't need to keep doing it. I'm assuming he has money. Oh yeah, easily.
2: I think he's like, like forty. Yeah, he's like forty seven. So maybe turning, at least 46, 47. So, I mean, I'm sure he's got he's got at least a good five years in him. Especially if he takes time off and comes back, and, you know. And he's still over. I think he'll he'll be around for a while. Especially if he has a good relationship with WWE, and he can be like a trainer or something or or man, man, you know, some type of. They can they'll have him involved somehow.
1: Well, no, we we started out on the screw job. We got kind of off everywhere. I don't want to keep my notes. Really late where you guys are there, and Aaron, I know you get up real early, but I think we need to have all three of us have to have a show about funny WCW moments.
0: Oh yeah, that'll be a, that'll be good. Yeah, I got to brush up on my WCW though. Got think, to go back and watch some of them terrible pay per views.
1: <laughs> I think we maybe come back revisit this in a few weeks.
0: Sounds good to me, man. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't know what our topic is on the next show. It kind of happens the day before. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, like, like, well, so, like, somewhat with the, the, the Montreal Scooter. I mean, I think we talked, I mean, we th- I think we kind of, you know, thoroughly went over it. It's just like, I think it's something that we're not going to know. Like, it's probably a work, but we're never, probably never going to know until, like, when we're older, way older, like, after probably after Brett's dead, after Vince's dead, um, I can only see maybe Sean... I can see Sean Michaels at the very end, like, if he's 80 years old,
1: saying, yeah, it was work. You yeah, know, after hundred, Hunter would be, be <laughs> one of those two. Yeah.
0: And then yeah. probably saying it very nonchalantly, like, oh, you he got to know... <laughs> like, yeah. Come on, yeah. guys. Yeah, Sean,
2: serious? like, Triple A, maybe, but he might honor... Since Vince is his father-in-law, he might honor that. Like maybe that's something because yeah, that's something. Maybe because they think it's something so sacred that you know. Okay, like you said, everything's kind of open now, and like they got okay. You know, we're not going to insult your intelligence. You know, this is scripted. You know, but it's it's a, it's a TV show. It's like and but I think they like okay this is one thing that we're going to make. It's like, this is real. It's not scripted. We're going to make it look like it's real, but it's really scripted. Kind of like, you know, you know, I guess reality TV or
0: something.
1: But well, yeah, because you can always, always argue, is it real or not? I mean, it's not like on Lucha Underground, what their new angle, the winner of Tejano and Cage, they're going to get mm-hmm. the spirit of some dead demon put in them. Yeah. Mean, I'm pretty sure that's a work.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only wrestling show where, you know, this is... I don't
1: um, know man <laughs> demon's real, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I say best best show on TV is Lucha Underground. Yeah,
2: just good, which is good. Yeah. But uh yeah, I, I think something that they figured they didn't know like you like you said like they they probably wanted Brett to come back, get revenge. And they probably didn't think it was going to take on a life of its own like this. They probably yeah. figured you know, and this is desperate times. I mean, Vince was getting his ass handed to he, you know they were going to go out of business this is and also this is right you know I mean not it wasn't it was maybe like a, three years from that time Vince was gonna to go to jail for the the, the little steroids. Like, steroids things and and he almost went to jail and for that he was on trial so so there was a lot you know it could have been the end of you know that company and then, and then we could have now do it to be wCW so I think they were just trying anything to like let's get back in there somehow and and I think it came to a life of its own and I think if if Owen didn't die and Brett didn't get hurt and Brett came back and then I think it would have been like now they would have said this is what our plan was or whatever but since that didn't happen the Montreal Screwjob got a life of its own they're like let's, let's keep this let's go with it yeah up. Yeah, let's just go with it. Let's just mouth shut. You know, this is something you know we is sacred, and you know something like old, way old school where you know we're not breaking kayfabe, You know, we you know, but you know, and it's, and it's funny because some things like Corey, I think you said on another show with the whole um, curtain call where. They have someone happen to have a camcorder. Yeah,
1: and those camcorders were so fucking big back then that somebody's conveniently got one that no one's confiscated.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and you know it's not like nowadays where everyone's got a camera on their phone and stuff. But yeah, that's something like they were breaking. They were deliberately like, okay, let's break Cave wave that starts some controversy, you know? And they're like deliberately doing that, but in the Montreal Scooter you know, and it probably took on a life of its own it's just like let's just go with this and this is just keep our mouth shut and not you know let anyone you know know and I, I I'm thinking there'll be one day you know uh, it's like the Kennedy assassination it's like all conspiracy theories and stuff it's like who knows yeah. what the truth is but but I think there's some even the not being Shaw, like there's somebody that's gonna like break some, sometime like involve that break their silence or
1: something but I guess, with, I guess with that, before we go, Aaron, where are your upcoming shows? We got to get your cheap plug now.
0: Oh well, uh, let's see. What do I got going on this? Uh, this this. Very coming up. Let's see. I know of uh, at Rockstar Pro Friday night. Uh, I'm going to be uh, that, which is the. What's the date of that? Today's the, uh, the fourth? fourth. I think. Yeah. I think it's the fourth. Yeah. Uh, it's an eye-pay-per-view to Evercoming Fire. I'll be wrestling uh, All Ego Ethan Page from Evolve and Alpha One Wrestling and places like that. And the next day I'll be doing a cage match for Revolutionary Championship Wrestling. Uh, that'll be on Saturday. Uh, beyond that, I can't really think of anything right now. I have to look at my calendar so unfortunately I suck at my own plugs. but mm-hmm. you can get on my Facebook, which is Aaron Williams and I feel like share everything on there. You can follow me on Twitter at Aaron willams because I forgot the second eye which I think I've been through that with you yeah. and uh, <laughs> then you can follow me on uh, Instagram at Planet Williams. And that's, I, I, I post everything there and all that jazz, so yeah, that's me.
1: And you have merchandise on Pro Wrestling Tees?
0: Yes, I also have pro uh, some shirts on Pro Wrestling t- Tees that if you're uh, feeling up for it, just uh, go over there, support Aaron Williams, just search Aaron Williams, and there's a couple shirts on there, which uh, more will be arriving soon, so hook a brother up and uh, buy a t-shirt.
1: Everybody go and support, I'll get that link added to the website.
0: You're a good man. Thank you. Hey,
1: thank you. I want to thank you very, very much again for coming back in this week. You're a fan favorite. I hope you don't play heel too often. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm not sure what our next topic is. But yeah, we definitely got to all come get back together and talk about some funny WCW crap.
0: Awesome. Yeah, looking forward right.
1: to it. I right, guess with that, guys, we will see you all next week. Thank you very see- much, guys